Welcome to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Mike is one of the nation's top realtors and is highly regarded as an authority in residential real estate sales. Mike Bell has nothing to sell but great wisdom. You're going to love this show. Now, here's Mike Bell. And welcome to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. My name is Loxy, and we are broadcasting from our brand new Pasadena studios. And I'm here with Mike Bell, one of the top agents in the entire nation. We're going to be with you for the next hour discussing the first of a a three-part series that's titled The Best Questions to Ask Your Real Estate Agent. I'm so excited about this show, and I never thought I should ask an agent any questions. I thought that they should be asking me the questions. (laughs) Thank you, Loxy. Well, a lot of people don't realize that. Uh, this is so. This is my. Well, some of our listeners might recognize the voice, uh, Loxy Window. Um, you've been in radio for 13 years, and you're a rock DJ. I was. And you were a producer for the John and Ken show on KFI. I was. And we've been friends for a little bit. Yes. And I told you about my endeavor into radio, and you said you told me all about what you do, and I said, we got to get you on the radio. This is perfect. Oh, I know, and I'm, I'm so happy to be here, and I just want everybody out there to know that this is a live call-in show, and Mike can be reached at, okay, write this down, 888-GO-FOR-IT. That's 888-GO-FOR-IT. Mike is a California real estate broker at Keller Williams International Realty right here in Pasadena. But you can, you don't have to call him. You can reach him in many other ways. You can email him anytime, mikebell at kw.com, mikebell at kw.com, and his website is mikebellteam.com. Or you can call his personal cell phone at 1-888-401-1555, 888-401-1555. Or you can just Google him, or you can find him on Facebook, LinkedIn, Mike's all over the web. Thanks, Loxie. Well, this is the first of a three-part series. Uh, there's actually tons of questions that you should ask your realtor. Very, very good questions. Uh, well, over the years, I've really put together the best questions that you should ask your agent. A lot of them are on my website, themikebellteam.com. And uh, most really apply irregardless if you're buying or selling a home. Well, you know, we were talking earlier while we were um, getting ready for the show, and I want to hear more about what you're doing this weekend. I thought that was really interesting. Well, I'm um, I'm a broker over at Keller Williams. I've been there for about four years. One of the things, one of the reasons why I went to them is that every year they have a huge conference, and we're going to go to Dallas, and there's going to be, get this, ten thousand realtors from across the nation. We're going to go to a real estate conference. Wow! And they're going to be talking about. Uh, trends, what to watch out for, um, ways to service your client, uh, better ways to market a property, better ways to negotiate, and um, it's pretty exciting. So, you know, the company started in 1993. Really? uh, That's pretty recent. Yeah, it's pretty recent. It's a a different kind of business model than the other big brokerages, but what's amazing is now they're supposed to do this. They're supposed to announce that the largest real estate company in the nation uh, we're, I believe that will be done on Monday uh, in a few days from now, but they're going to be announcing that we have more agents than any other brokerage in the nation. But and some of those other companies have been around forever. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. that That's awesome. What's actually pretty cool about the company is the three owners of the company, they actually uh, they still have a real estate license, and um, they're still with the company, mm-hmm. and they started it from scratch, and uh they have no debt on the company, and there's no shareholders, really, of the company. So they're not beholden to um, investors, and they don't have to hit certain marks. Uh, so the extra profits that they make, they actually put it back into the company in terms of education, which you know we're able to help uh, our clients, I think, much better than most other brokerages, just because we have a lot more knowledge, because we have these conferences where there's just a ton of information that they give us. And the market's changing all the time, and that's the reason right. why you need to stay on top of it. Well, um, how long have you been with Keller Williams? Have you been there since its inception? or I wish I should have joined a long time ago, but I've only been there for about four years. Wow, well, you certainly have moved up that ladder pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> Because you're like one of the top guys. You are the top guy around here. Well, I guess so. 
Well, is there training and all that one of the main reasons that you went to Keller Williams, or what was your main reason for um, joining them in the first place? Well, the, the the one thing I really liked about the company, and I still like, is it, it, this is really important, but it's the integrity of the management. And I feel that uh, management, they, they really tell you what works and what doesn't work. And our company is an open book company, so as an associate, you actually get to look at all the books. So I get to know, I know how much they're paying um, everybody. I know how much they're making, even the photocopier. I know how much they're paying for the photocopier. I know everything. Wow. And the agents actually get a say in how the office is run. And this is kind of crazy, but they give half the profits back to the agents. So it's, I often tell my clients when you hire Mike Bell or even anybody from Keller Williams, you're almost hiring the entire office because we, if the office is not profitable, then we don't make extra money. So, um, it's, it's, you know, everybody wants to help each other. So everybody shares. And that's the big thing about this company. We share, 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 and we help each other out. And we have these conferences where everybody just shares different strategies and different, you know, different things that help, uh, your client. Well, that and, sounds like real teamwork to me. Well, it's a, this is a service business and it's all about service. And, right. There's more tools with this company than I've been able to find at other companies. So that's why I'm here. Great. So I hope you heard my show last week. And the show was, you know, what an agent will probably never tell you. And we talked about dual agency, <clears throat> how it's never good for a seller. We talked about how open houses are not very effective. Why Why is that? Because I, I missed that part of the show last week. Why? I know I have friends that are agents and they're, Constantly, every weekend, they are somewhere at an open house. Well, you're talking about why are open houses not very effective? Yeah. yeah. Well, open houses uh, is a great way for me. If I do an open house in your house, mm-hmm. I get to use your front room uh, to market myself. I get to meet your neighbors, mm-hmm. and I get to meet people that don't have realtors, mm-hmm. and I get to meet people that are maybe even on the way to get a hamburger and the hopes that I, you know, I get to maybe sell the house, but I maybe get to sell them something else. But it's it's a way for me to build relationships. Right. Uh, on a national average, you have about a three percent chance of selling your house because of an open house. Wow, I had no idea. Most agents won't tell you that. Now, in the olden days, it was it was a huge way of selling properties. But right now, you have a ninety three percent chance of selling your house because of something on the internet. So I always tell clients if, when I'm competing with the listing. If an agent comes to you and says, I'm going to do an open house every weekend until it sells, that might sound really good until you really understand that that actually is not the best way to market your property. And having you know strangers – we talked about this for 20 minutes about you, know, you have total strangers walking into your house. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd like that. I mean, if you're living there and the agent asks you to leave while they're doing the open house – People don't ask permission to use your bathroom. Yeah, exactly. Just, it's just, I mean, <laughs> you don't know where they've been. <laughs> so, um, and then we talked about how print advertising really doesn't work. Um, mm. And all of this, I, I'm able to back up with a survey that was put out by the National Association of Realtors. They sent a survey out to 93,000 brand new home buyers and asked them, how'd you find the house? How'd you find your realtor? You know, how did you do all of this? And the buyers last year said, you know, the, the reason why we bought the house, the first way we saw it or ha- what enticed us, 93% of the ch- of the time it was because of something on the Internet. And it, advertising was one, it was just less than 1%, I think it was. Wow. Open houses was 3%. So, Wow, well, there's a myth that uh, was obviously a myth in my mind. Well, I want you to listen to the show. I <laughs> no. just missed that part. See how he is. No, just teasing you. So, um, so I think this is going to be a really good show because, um, and I hope that people that are listening are going to my website, the Mike Bell team. There's actually I have 41 of the best questions to ask your real estate agent. Uh, we're going to try to go through. We're not going to hit all 41. I, we're definitely going to go to three parts, but we're going to hit. I'm hoping 10. So I want people to get their a pad of paper out. And write these down when we start going into these. Um, well, I have a question for you. Yeah. If I'm thinking of um, 
buying a home, buying a condo. I have a very good friend that just got her license, and I'm thinking, you know, should I use her because I really want to help her out? I mean, not that I don't love you, Mike, but, you know, I have known her for years. Well, we're going to have a – actually, we're going to, that's one of the questions, and this is going to be a, a segment of another show. But briefly, there's nothing wrong with using your friend, okay? Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong, really, with using somebody who's, who maybe has never sold a house before. Um, but there could be. And those are some of the things that you just kind of have to consider. One of the things – it's a pretty complex transaction. There's about – there's hundreds of things that have to fall in line for a transaction to close, okay? Um, in California here, my file, my, the, my file when, it, when it's closed, I would say of all the documents that need to be either signed or initialed, there must be, there might be 150 of them. Mm. I don't know if somebody who just got a license is going to be able to explain all of that to you. That's true. And, and for you to understand all of that. Maybe it's also not a good idea to do business with a friend. I didn't think about well, that. There's a lot of other reasons why not, but, you know. I mean, mix, not all the signatures, just in the long run. You mixing, know? mixing mixing, business with pleasure is usually not the best idea. Yeah. That's for sure. I mean, um, I had an interview about two months ago with a guy mm-hmm. where he was thinking about hiring his one of his really good friends. Mm-hmm. And I explained to him, you know, you, this is the thing. If you hire your friend, you can't fire him and you can't yell at him. Okay. Good point. And I told the guy, you can hire, you know, if you hire me, you can fire me and you can yell at me. I've never been fired. I don't get yelled at. But it's nice to be able to have that. Right. And also, you're not going to see me at Christmas dinner. You're not going to see me at Thanksgiving. You're not going to see me at all these other events. And it really is, it should be a business transaction. Um, the experienced people that have bought and sold through friends are probably sitting there snickering, thinking, you know, he's right. Because it, it, I've seen so many relationships and friendships get unfortunately destroyed or okay. really tarnished over the years. Yeah. Because it's, if you think about it, it's one of the most stressful events you ever can go through. Oh, I'm sure. I haven't been through it, but I can only imagine. Well... And that's that's the reason why, you know, with anything that you do, if you're going to do something that's really big and stressful, surgery, anything, it, it's good to have a pro that's done it, you know, that's, that's done true. it many times. And this is one of the questions that we're going to talk about is um, somebody actually owns a house. You know, I, I don't know what percentage of the of, a, of, of folks out there don't that are selling real estate don't own a house, but... Um, I think you'd be quite surprised. Really? It's pretty high. Seriously? Oh, yeah. That that makes no sense. Oh, uh, I know. <laughs> well, it's kind of like if you wanted to be able to hit a home run ball, would you want to have Mark McGuire coach you or somebody who's never hit a home run ball? Right. Well, yeah, good point. You know, um, I would want to have somebody who's actually gone through the experience because there's a lot of ups and downs. And... Uh, you just kind of got to, I think you just got to be really careful. So, and our, uh, I kind of want to give a little bit of a teaser, but we're going to talk about, uh, the first question that you're going to want to ask your, your, your prospective realtor, irregardless if they're going to be helping you buy a house or sell a house, is you got to ask them if they're full time or part time. And what, are, how long have you been full time? Well, or full- should I wait and ask you that after your teaser? Well, I've been uh, full-time for 19 years. Wow. But uh, there's an awful lot of part-time agents out there. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's some There's some that are very, very successful. Um, most are not because if you do anything you do in life, if you're going to do it, you should. I, I believe you should do it full-time, uh, full force. It's, it, there are so many intricacies and, and uh, things to know. It's really hard to be able to do this business on a part-time basis. Anyways, you're on the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about hiring full-time or part-time realtors. Thanks. Now, 
back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. And like the man said, welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Thanks, Loxy. You know, it's a little awkward when I have to introduce myself, so this is great. You're such a pro. No. All of a sudden, I made her introduce me. So anyways, our first question here, ask your, 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 ask your perspective agent is, you know, are you full-time or part-time? You know, and, and no matter how nice, responsive, or how great the brokerage name that your agent comes from, um, at the end of the day, it's really the agent that's going to steer you the right way um, through a transaction and, and, and alleviate your headaches and be able to, you know, spot the obstacles and, and hopefully take care of them a few steps ahead before they even come up. But my advice is always to hire a full-time agent. Um, number two, number two on the list. You should ask your realtor, what is your sales experience? You should ask them, how many sales have you had in the last 12 months? How many sales have you had in your career? And do you represent listings or do you represent buyers? Well, what, what, what is the logic behind that? That, that sounds Greek to me. So, for example, there, there's a, there's agents that just represent buyers, and oh. they're very very good, and they're on the they're literally on the street looking for product, looking for houses, looking for opportunities. They're talking to people, and they're the ones that really know what's going on in the marketplace, what's available. Um, if you ha- hire a, a listing agent that primarily doesn't really do that, they're not out sh- you know driving people around or, or showing them properties. It's actually a different skill set. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some, there's a lot of buyers agents out there that do, they work with a lot of buyers and then they get a listing and they kind of freeze up and they don't really know how to do the marketing. They don't know how to do the positioning. They don't know how to do the, uh, the portals. They don't have a professional photographer because they're just not doing it over and over again. But who's to say that they would be, you know, you, you ask these questions and you do mm-hmm. everything you're supposed to do and who's to say that they're being forthright and, and honest with you? Is there any means or any, any kind of internet search where you can you can verify what uh, these prospective agents, you know, what they're telling you. That's actually a really good question. Um, I I'm actually competing on a listing right now, and it's for a 1.3 million dollar house. It's a beautiful estate property in Pasadena, and there's another agent that I'm competing with, and so I asked the seller, "Who's the agent?" And I, and after she told me the name of the agent, I said, well, would you like our report cards? And she said, well, you know, what's a report card? Well, any agent can do this. You can go on the MLS and you can, you can search for properties. You can search for three bedroom, two bath houses. Um, and you can generate a report. Well, you can also search by agents. So you can do a search based upon that agent's code. It's easy to find the agent's code and you can run everything on a report. Of what they've either rep- when they've represented a buyer or a seller, because on the MLS, the multiple listing service that we use, uh, you actually have to enter that information. And this is every agent or broker. This is like they it's should, just a mandatory. Uh, they, they should be on the MLS. Yes. Okay. So yeah. first of all, if you don't find <laughs> your said prospective agent, if your agent is not paying their MLS dues and they're on the MLS, uh, I would okay. I would hire somebody who's on the MLS because the vast majority of the properties are going to be on the MLS. Okay, so it is verifiable that yes. you can you can track anything that they've told you that they've done their track record. It's all verifiable. Well, you can ask them, and um, I, I I would recommend getting a report card. So what I did with this was I ran the numbers, and uh, the lady that I'm competing with, she's had two sales in Pasadena uh, in the last year. And just in that little area, I had 17 in the last year. Huh. So I let her know, you know, if sales, if sales, if a sales record and experience are important to you, um, then we should keep talking. Yeah. If it doesn't matter to you, then, you know, I'm going to get the interview. I'm supposed to meet her next Wednesday. Okay. Well, uh, it's, it's but, good to know that you can verify, but stuff. you can verify now that, this is the, the the tough thing about it is you can use you, you can always go online and you can you know you can go to an agent's website it'll every agent has a little clicker thing that a little button that says um, view my listings and a lot of agents they just pile in a whole bunch of listings from their office 
uh, or they just maybe just pile a whole bunch of listings in there through uh, the multiple listing service. Now, if you don't have that many listings, it may it might be embarrassing if you have nothing there or one or two. So most agents I've noticed they just kind of pile in a whole bunch of listings in there. So you kind of have to be careful. You kind of Oh, yeah, you need to do your homework, obviously. Well, if you go to an agent's website and it looks like they have 100 listings, first of all, I would never hire somebody that's got 100 listings. There's no way they can service you. Right. I mean, that's, just, well, that's just way too much. Yeah. But, yeah, that is not, it's really hard to verify, but that, <laughs> I would do that. Now, the other thing that I would do is uh, I would ask for testimonials. I would say, hey, okay. Right, you, from, from people that, that they have served in the past. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for example, if you've just... I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, okay, give me the address of the last 10 properties you sold. Right. Great. Okay, now, who did you represent on each one? Was it the buyer or the seller? Great. Would you mind giving me the first and last name and the cell phone numbers for these people? Because I would just love to call and just make sure that, you know, this is a very important decision. And I hope you're not offended. But I would just like to call and just make sure that, you know. Well, if they want the listing and they're being truthful, there's no reason why they should be offended. It shouldn't so be a problem at all. That's your first red flag right there. It shouldn't be a problem. They, yeah. they should they should be able to say yes to that. That's not a problem. You know, and in terms of experience, I mean, you know, more than fifty percent of all agents have really sold almost nothing in the last twelve months. Wow. Um, you know, more than fifty percent of the agents out there today will probably be out of the business in the in the next eighteen months. It's just that. Uh, it's just part of the industry. This is just the way it is. They go into the business, they try it out, and they everybody here knows somebody that's been in the business and they left the business. Oh, yeah. I, I myself know probably four or five people that I can just think of offhand. In the uh, state of California, I'll give you an interesting stat. Of 65% of all the agents that are in the business right now have never gone through a complete real estate cycle meaning they've been in the business for seven years or less. So where we have prices in some markets that are starting to go up, we've never had some, – most of these agents have never experienced that. So it's a, there's a different way of pricing properties. There's a different way of negotiating properties. There's a different way of setting expectations for buyers and sellers that they've never done before. And so to be able to have the, uh, the ability to, in, to, in hindsight – that experience, um, that's that's pretty that's pretty huge. Uh, it looks like we've got a caller. His name is Martin, and he's from Pasadena. This is great. Hello, Martin. Hi, how are you doing? This is Martin Sullivan. I'm an I'm an attorney in Pasadena, an employment attorney. Wait a minute, you're an attorney? <laughs> Hi, Martin. <laughs> hey, Martin. How are you? Good. I'm good. Thanks. Yeah, I, I had a question. It, it's kind of back to the basics, actually. Um, I'm interested in structures as an employment attorney. I'm, I'm wondering what's the difference between a salesperson, a broker, an agent, a realtor, and then also, you know, your people's affiliation or those people's affiliation with, say, a Keller Williams or a Sotheby's. What does that mean? Well, that's kind of the, the tough thing about um, – there's real estate agents. They call themselves brokers. They call themselves realtors. Um, they call themselves salespeople. In California, we have two different kinds of licenses. We have a, a sales license, and then we have a broker's license. Uh, I think it's 75% of all licensees in the state of California have sales licenses. Um, to get a broker's license, it's actually a more difficult test, and you actually have, have to have quite a bit more experience, and then you get to sit for the broker's exam. And then if you pass, then you can essentially call yourself a broker. And then as a broker, you can actually open up your own brokerage if you wanted to. Now, a realtor is – a realtor – the word realtor is actually trademarked by the National Association of Realtors. So if you're a, a licensee and you pay your your yearly dues to the National Association of Realtors, you essentially are – I guess you could say you have a license to use that word, realtor. And not all licensees are realtors. I would, most licensees, I'd say, maybe even half actually, are, because most agents are not, most people that have a license are not very active. They're not doing much. If you're doing, if you're trying to do the business or you're very active, chances are you're going to join the National Association of Realtors. 
Uh, and when you join the National Association of Realtors, you subscribe to a code of ethics. And um, so that's really the you know so um, you know you're you're a realtor and you see the little trademark sign right above the the S at the end of the word, and it's a capitalized uh, word. So now in terms of um, Martin, are you still there? Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. So in terms of affiliation, as a as a licensee, you can hang your license. In the old days, they used to call it like hanging your license or hanging your shingle. Uh, there was literally a wall, a board, and you would go to this real estate company. You can actually you actually had a license in your hand, and you would hang it on the wall, and that you would say you've hung your license with this broker. Now every brokerage. In the United States, they have what's called a responsible broker. So there's one one main broker, and everybody else is underneath that broker. And so if you're affiliated with another brokerage, be it Sotheby's or Keller Williams or whatever like that, um, chances are you're not dealing with the top broker there, the the the, uh, the manager, the owner. You're dealing with somebody who is essentially affiliated and. And the way the, the the industry works is that we're all basically independent contractors, um, but we hang our license underneath the brokerage, and um, and then we have commission splits with them. So if there's a commission, say of say it was ten thousand dollars that came down um, after a close, the broker they actually pay the commission to the broker, and then the broker does a split with you. And it really depends on your experience. It depends on the business model. It depends on a lot of things in your contract. How much of that money you get? So I take it you're a full-time realtor. Is that the? Is that right? Can you say that again? Are you a Are you a full-time realtor then? Oh yeah, I more than full-time. More there's than no way I could. There's no way I could do this part-time. Absolutely no way. Very interesting. Well, thanks a lot. Hey, well, thank you for your call. Yeah. That was a nice call. It was. I'm learning a lot. Well, we were also talking about, before the call, um, we are talking about how most agents haven't gone through this cycle. And that's, you know, that's kind of important. If um, if you're going to hire anybody for anything, it's important that they've kind of gone through that process. Um, all right. I hope you got your pens and papers out, but this is the number three question I think you should ask your agent. You should ask them, do you live and work locally? What do you think of that? I think that makes sense because why, if you're living in Pasadena, would you want a real estate agent living on the west side or something? There's no way they would know what's going on in Pasadena or what's going on down the street. No, I would want somebody to live, like, within a few miles. But it looks like we're going to go to break. You're listening to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show, and uh, we'll be right back, and we're going to be talking about this number three question. Do you live and work locally? All right, thanks. Let's get back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. And yes, here he is. Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Here's Mike. Okay, so we were talking about how if you know living and working locally, how important that is. You know, one of the things that people don't realize is that there's a lots of parts of the there's a lot there's many parts of the transaction. The agent is actually a part of the transaction. If your agent, who is representing you as a uh, as uh, as a buyer's agent, is writing offers for you, and nobody knows who this buyer's agent is, but they get an offer, the same kind of offer, from somebody else, but that agent that's writing that offer is really well known, and well respected, and local. I've seen this before, but there 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 tends to be a little bit more comfort with the more experienced agent that has the experience, that has the reputation versus somebody who is brand new. And, and, and also that also has to do with listings. When you're hiring a real estate agent to sell your house, you know, that's one of the things is that there's, there's agents in every market that, that may not have the best reputation or there may be an agent that's just completely unknown. And when something like that goes up on the market, 
you know, I know we talked about how important price is and positioning and all that other stuff, but it also, it has to do with the agent. Um, and if you have an agent that has a different zip code, or I'm sorry, area code on their real estate sign in front of the house, a lot of people just look at that and go, I wonder what's going on there. I mean, mm-hmm. w- why is the real estate agent 40 miles away? Right. Um, it's kind of weird. And that's not, that's not the kind of thing you want ha- to have somebody uh, put through their, through their mind on their first impression when they see a house. But you, you, but I'll tell you that there's a, there's a reason why the top agents sell a lot of houses and the ones that have a great reputation, people actually want to work with them. Other agents want to work with them and they push them. And if I have the choice, and it's not my choice, but if, if I have a choice and I'll tell my client this, if there, if it, if it comes down to an agent, two offers, and they're pretty much exactly the same, and one agent is very well respected and known, and the other one is unknown, or maybe doesn't have a very good reputation, you know, it's my, it's actually, it's my duty to tell my seller. That's actually part of the transaction. And oftentimes the seller will just say, you know what, let's just take the other offer. Let's take the offer that I'm, I'm, the, the seller will tell me, I'm more comfortable if you're more comfortable. And so there you go. So that's, 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 a, that's something to think about when you're hiring an agent to represent you to buy a property. Now, I heard earlier you said, uh, it's not that I don't believe you, I just want to hear you say it again. You've never, ever had a client fire you. <sighs> I've never had a. I've never been fired before. No. That's awesome. No, it's I, on the record too. I'll put my arm up. Is there a Bible? Well, I don't no, have a Bible you don't. Have, no, we can look it up, like you said earlier. <laughs> okay, we already went through that. Well, I have had clients that say, you know, this is just not working for us. We 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 decided, you know, to stay in the house, and that's fine. We'll, we'll do that, but that's one of these days they're going to sell the house again. No problem. That's fine. Yeah. It happens. You know, life happens, and that's fine. But they didn't fire you and no, go to somebody fired. else and no. sell the home. Well, that's yeah. I have never had a listing that went expired and another agent gobbled it up, got, was able to go get it. Let me think about it. You have that. or haven't? I have not. I've never had that happen to me. I work really, really hard at that, at making sure that never happens. As a matter of fact, I tell my clients, if you ever have a problem with me, I'm going to come over and shake your hand and say, I'm sorry, it didn't work out, and we're going to tear up the contract. I don't want to work with somebody who doesn't want to work with me. Right. Okay. You know, I build my whole, my whole business is based on referral. I don't advertise. So I want them to be really happy with me. The last thing you want is to have somebody being upset with you because, you know, the thing is people love talking about bad realtors. Okay. They love talking about, you know, anybody that just, that they didn't like. Right. Um, and it's unfortunate they, a lot of times they won't say great things about their great realtor because we're expected to do great things. But when we do the unexpected and we we uh, we lax on service, yeah, you've heard people badmouth realtors all the time. Oh I'm yeah, sure. oh yeah, I have. it's easy. Yeah, I mean, we could have a whole show on that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe negative. we should. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I mean, we'd have way too much. There's way too much material. I mean, we could just go through MLS photos and just we could critique them. <laughs> oh no! Oh, how fun! Have you seen those MLS photos before? No, but there's there's a there's some guy that I think you, I might have you send me the link when we're done. There's a, there's a real estate agent somewhere in the nation where he has it's, it's bad MLS photo or something dot com or something, and it's his way of kind of promoting himself or herself, and I think it's brilliant. But every day he puts he posts a photo that a realtor took of a house or, and and the photos are totally crooked. Uh, they may have one of them they had was there was somebody cooking in the kitchen. But the funny part of this picture is that it was a guy's back was to the camera and he had tattoos all <laughs> over his back and he had a shaved head and he's sitting there cooking and it's just the whole kitchen is a complete mess. It's like, why would you put this what? in the MLS? <laughs> okay, that's funny. You're sending me the link. <laughs> oh, there's other ones where um, they'll have the. First of all, if you're going to take a picture of a bathroom, put the toilet seat down. Okay? No. Oh, there's so Seriously? Many, uh, okay, I, that's tacky. And <laughs> within three minutes, I can go on the MLS right now, and I can probably show you five, at least five photos locally here. And these are houses that are any, were priced anywhere between $300 and $1 million, where there's, a, there's going to be a photo of the toilet seat up. It's like, come on. No, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's just wrong. <laughs> 
Sorry. So, um, all right, number four. Uh, I hope you're writing this down. Do you own a home? And I think that's a fair question. Yeah, because didn't you say earlier that a certain percentage of real estate agents do not own their own home? I don't know the exact stats. I've been doing this for 19 years, so everybody kind of, you know, we. I've been to uh, quite a few brokerages, and you get to know everybody. You're chummy with people. We're, we're all friends. It's um, and you you hear things, but um, most agents don't sell much at all. So I don't know how they can afford a house. An actual, good, to own good a point. House. Good point. Okay, yeah. and that's 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 a fact. But um, I, I I would say uh, I would have to venture to guess that most agents don't own a home. And and to me, I think that's I think it's pretty important that your agent actually owns a home. I do too, and I think it's. It's kind of sad <laughs> that they don't. Well, that's one of the things that they're never going to tell you. Um, right. right. Oh, well, yeah. By the way, I rent, you know. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with it, but no one's going to come up and say, by the way, um, I'd love to help you buy a house. I've never bought one for myself, but I yeah, think I, I can I think I, I can handle it. I don't think that a- would be a good talking point. <laughs> no, no. But it should be a good talking point. This is something that you should ask. Oh, absolutely. I think yeah, it's an absolutely yeah. fair question. And if they haven't bought one, that's that's fine. Or if they've bought something before, but in the in the past, and maybe they've you know they just decided to rent. But I think it's a very fair question. So I, I think. You and how ask. many people would think? I mean, if you hadn't said that right now, I, I would, I wouldn't have even thought to ask that question, because I would have just taken it for granted that, of course. It's, he or she owns a home. So that, you know, I just learned something. Well, thank you. That's the whole point. Well, there you <laughs> go. So, um, you know, when you're going through a transaction, these, these, there's inspections, there's the lender, there's appraisal, there's emotions, there's contracts, there's timelines, there's a closing agent or a closing attorney, there's escrow, there's title issues, um, there's so many things. And you know what? Real estate transactions, they cancel sometimes. Sometimes they fall apart. I'm, I'm sure you've heard this before where somebody says, you know, we're trying to buy this house, but it's all falling apart. Yes. So I have a little trivia for you, trivia question for you, Loxie. Uh-oh. What do you think is the number one reason why... House transactions fall apart. Why do they fall apart? Well, I'm sure in many cases the buyer doesn't qualify or can't get a loan. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big reason, but it's not the number one reason. Um, undisclosed items? Um, that's actually a pretty big reason, but it's the number, not the number one reason. All right, I give up. That's kind of an unfair question. Really, the, the reason why... Transactions cancel is because of lack of communication. <clears throat> Why would you go into escrow? Why would you sell your house to somebody who's not qualified? Well, they have a pre-approval letter, you say, but then at the end of the day, they still can't get the loan. Um, if there was more communication, I mean, imagine if you're your real estate agent before they allowed you to sell your house to this buyer, your real estate agent picked up the phone and called the buyer's lender to make sure that these people can actually close, they can actually get the loan, and that they're not on the brink of not getting the loan. Right. Most agents won't do that. That's communication. Well, that might have helped the whole housing thing here a few years ago if more people would have done that. That's another story. I know. Because the lenders are just giving loans to everybody yeah, for I the know. most part. And they were giving loans to everybody because they had money, and that's right. another reason for... Yeah. Where that money came from? Well, don't isn't it isn't it the norm um, to check and see if a potential buyer can e- should even start the process? I think there's a norm. It's norm in the way I do my business, and I think it's the norm the way most agents that sell a lot of houses do their business because they don't want a transaction to fall apart. I mean, I have about a one percent cancellation rate. Wow! But uh, and there's some agents that have like a fifty percent cancellation rate, and I have always thought. I've felt, and I'm positive I'm right, it's really lack of communication. Before you go into escrow with somebody, you should make sure that the buyer actually has the down payment. So you need to see bank statements. You need to make sure that they can actually get their loan. So you should be able to have a pre-approval letter from a major bank or a broker 
or maybe two. Right. And then all you have to do is pick up the phone and call the loan officer and say, hey, I just want to make sure this is real. I just want to make sure that uh, these people can perform and that they're not on the brink. I want to make sure that you verify their assets. I want to make sure that you've looked at their credit. Well, that's to me, that's common sense. And say you, you drop the ball on that once, these uh, individuals that you say have about a 50% rate, you know, shouldn't, after it happened once, don't you think that they would go through the proper steps after that? Or are they just incompetent and shouldn't, shouldn't be in real estate? Well, you know, do you know what the definition of insanity is? I know you're going to tell doing me. something, doing the same Some, thing over and over, over again, again and expecting a different result. result. Right. Okay. It's just, I think it's kind of the part of human nature. It's just some people just keep doing that. I, I, I don't, I don't quite understand. Especially when it's your livelihood. Well, it's kind of important. Yeah, a little bit. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're going to go into a break in a little bit, but our question number five, and you can write this down, is if you believe in dual agency. But we're going to go into a break. We'll talk about dual agency. And uh, you're listening to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. And welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Here's Mike. All right. So thank you, Loxie. So question number five. Do you believe in dual agency? So we talked about this actually last week in a, in a long segment. And uh, my broadcasts are actually, uh, you can actually stream it. And so look for the one that's that says uh, what your agent will probably never tell you. And that's part one. But basically... Uh, you want to, You should have an advocate um, either on the buy side or the sell side, and you shouldn't. I, I I really don't. I think there's just too many issues and things that have come up if you have an agent that represents both sides on the transaction. I mean, imagine this is this is really the gist of it. Loxy, imagine if I went over to your house and said, "I really want to be your listing agent," and by the way, I already have a buyer for it, so we can get this thing done. Does that sound good to you? Oh heck yeah, I'd be. Yeah. Okay, guess what? What? I've been working with this buyer probably for months. Um, and the buyer keeps telling me I want a deal or a steal. That's what buyers say, right? Would, if you were buying a property, would you want a deal or a steal? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, what, do, you want, do you want to overpay? No. Okay. Nobody wants to overpay. Yeah. And if you can afford a $150,000 house or a $15 million house, you don't want to overpay. You're smart enough to know. Right. Okay. Do you think you're, that agent is going to represent you to get you the most amount and be able to get you the most amount of money. Do you think it's possible that they can actually do that knowing that they already have a buyer that they've been probably working with? I would hope so. You would hope so. Right. How do you know for sure that's going to happen? Can you go to sleep at night being assured that you were represented and at, you know, you had an advocate to make sure that you got the absolute most amount of money? Um, I try not to be gullible. So probably no. (laughs) I mean, let me ask you this. If they already have a buyer and they, they come to you and said, if I came to you and said, I already have a buyer for it, how would you know what the house is worth unless you put it on the market? Oh, that's an excellent point. Mm-hmm. Should, that hadn't even been discussed yet. Mm-hmm. Then I would be leery. But why would I want to discuss that when I want to make a double commission? Oh. Just something to be careful with. I got you. Just something to be careful with. So question number six. Uh, I think this is really important. You should ask your buyer or your seller uh, agent, prospective agent, how big is your company? And really, it's not it's not really about the brand. It's about the networking. It's about the support. It's about um, it's about the office meetings. It's about it's about your really really your network. And you know, size of a brokerage and support are very very important. Um, a small brokerage. I mean, I'm I'm competing against that. Remember that agent. Um, I'm competing against this agent right now for a, a 1.3 million dollar house. Right. Okay. She, um, the agent that's I'm competing with, is with a small boutique real estate company. So I went online last night and I t- I also told this seller I just want you to know something. Their entire brokerage, which is 
that's a small boutique firm. They have no national presence. They have no international presence at all. They're just a nice, fancy, boutique firm. They have six listings. Then why are you competing? My office has 25, which it should be a lot higher, but just inventory is super tight. We have more listings than almost every other brokerage in town. Okay, let me ask you this. Where do you think the buyers are going? Do you think they're going to the small brokerage's website and talking to those small brokers that have six listings? Or do you think they're more apt to go to my brokerage or a larger brokerage? To you. Yeah, it's just, it's elementary. That's why, why are you competing with this person on such a large listing? Well, this is the reason why I'm doing the show, because I want people to understand that we're not all created equally. I mean, you've got to ask the questions. You've really got to be informed. This is a huge decision for you. Right. And, you know, the last show that we had, you didn't hear it, but on a national average, 70% of all home sellers and buyers interview one agent. Okay. That doesn't surprise me. I think it's scary. It is scary because you need to, you need, it's like with anything, you know, you don't choose the first car you drive, you know, off, off the lot, you know, but just people, I think when they're want, when they want to do something. That's a great point. You know, you would never dr- dr- uh, test drive one car and drive it and say, this is the best car, but that's what they do with real estate agents. Okay. Wow. Well. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't really compete that much, and it's just it's just kind of part of the – this is the way people are. They they tend to – a lot of them just tend to use me. I even tell people up front, you should interview three agents. I'd love to be one of them, one of the three. And they'll say, no, 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 I just want to hire you. And then I'll jokingly say, well, I'd, I'd, I still want you to – I want you to interview a few more. It'll make me look better. Well, yeah. <laughs> And see the fact that, but, you, but mean, the fact that you say that too tells a person, you know, that I don't know. It would tell me something about your integrity if you were insistent on, you know, you need to interview more than just myself. Because how many, how many are going to say that unless they have the integrity that a Mike Bell has? That's actually the well. Thank you. But that's the best piece of advice I always tell people is interview three agents. And if you can't if you can't interview me, hire somebody like me, or interview somebody like me, and then. You know, this is one of the free services that I provide is that you know, I don't care where you are in the United States. If you'd love to interview somebody just like me, and I, I know I'm not there, I can't be in Florida, I can't be in all these states, but if you need somebody like me, call me up. I mean, my my personal cell phone, it's toll-free, 888-401-1555, okay, 888-401-1555, or you can email me at Bell. At kw.com, let me know what kind of you know. Let me know your situation. I'll find somebody. I'll find somebody just like me that has the same principles. I'll get you a track record. I'll get you some testimonials. I'll make sure that agent, when they show up to your house, is not pushy. They're not going to try to push you into signing a, a listing agreement. They're going to be a, a, one of the absolute tops, very close to your house. And I think it's. I think you should at least. You don't have to use them. But I think you should interview them, and I think that is so so important. Oh yeah, uh, and this is probably a really naive question that I should know. If you, when you sign a listing agreement with an agent, <laughs> how long does how how long do you have before you can terminate that, or can you terminate that? Is it a legal contract? It's a legal contract, but it also depends on the contract that you're using. Most. Um, Associations of realtors provide that they have a template contract that everybody kind of uses. In, in California, we have a listing contract that's put up that the California Association of Realtors puts together for us. And um, right, but know. say if I say if I signed with um, Joe Blow down the street and I decided I wanted to go with you, should Mike. never hire somebody named Joe Blow. Okay, well you know, <laughs> <laughs> touche. But if I wanted to go with Mike yeah. Bell, how could I without getting in trouble, how could I terminate uh, Joe's contract? Call a real estate attorney. Don't call a divorce attorney. Don't call somebody who does personal injury. Call a real estate attorney and find out if maybe they've breached their fiduciary duty. I don't know. So you have to have a valid reason. It really kind of depends on the contract. I I would, you know, first thing I would do is just tell, tell the real estate agent, this is not working. I'd like out and just see what they say. 
Right. Most in- agents with integrity will say, you know, I'm sorry it didn't work out. Thanks oh, for giving okay. me the opportunity. And they'll shake your hand. And that's what I would do. I always offer that to people. Yeah, because then how could you have a relationship or a rapport with that person? Exactly. Knowing that, yeah, no. I usually, sh- I, re- I usually uh, sign pretty short-term contracts. And I let them know that I put my money where my mouth is. And if it doesn't work out, well, if I don't do what I'm gonna, supposed to do, then you just don't renew with me. Right. And, uh I really don't want to be in that position, of no, course. So no. guess what? Um, I don't really have long-term contracts with people. I don't have a problem with getting extensions when I need the extensions too. There so one of the things that we were we were uh, uh, talking about is obviously the service that I provide if you need to find a real estate agent close by. But I also want to talk about some of the future shows that we're going to have because it looks like we're going to start wrapping up. Um, we're going to have a show on uh, short sales. We're going to have a show on how to kill a deal. So we'll be talking about that a little bit. Um, not necessarily how to cancel a listing contract. And the answer to that is really is get a real estate attorney. Uh, we're going to have a show on commercial real estate 101. We're going to talk about apartments. And uh, we're also going to have a show about how realtors get into trouble. And we're going to have a part two of what your realtor will never tell you. And then uh, this this segment, we, we didn't even – we didn't get very far, but – we're going to have part two and part three. So anyways, thank you for listening, Loxie. Thank you for being here, Loxie. Oh, I had a, I had a great time, and I know who I'm going to use should I ever want to buy my uh, home. I love you to death. Thank you, Mikey. I love you, too. All right. Thanks. And uh, you're on the, uh, you've been listening to the, Real, the Mike Bell Real Estate Show, and that's all for this week's show, and we'll be back next week, same time. Don't forget to visit my website, MikeBellTeam.com, and thank you for listening. Uh, one last thing. Here's my cell phone. My personal cell phone is 888 888- 401-1555-888-401-1555. Thanks. The opinions expressed in the Mike Bell Real Estate Show are solely those of the host and do not reflect the opinions of anyone at TalkZone.com, Keller Williams Realty, any board of realtors, or anyone for that matter. Always hire a real estate attorney when making real estate decisions. Do not try any of this at home.